Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a great topic for all of you today. What we're going to be focusing on is the importance of having a exclusive buyer agency contract signed. I'm going to start out by selling you into the understanding of why it's so important. There are a lot of changes that are happening right now, and we've been talking about it periodically on this podcast and in our coaching program about why we believe it's very realistic uh, to assume that in the near future, you're going to have to have an exclusive buyer agency contract signed for every buyer you work with, just like when you take a listing, you have to have an exclusive listing contract signed with that particular seller. Now, why do we speculate that might be true? And here's the real bottom line reason why. In the next maybe 24 to 36 months, maybe faster, what we're going to see is that the buyer agency commission is no longer going to be an entitlement to the sale. In other words, right now, buyer agents can just rest assured that there's going to be a co-op or a buyer agency commission that's going to be paid by the seller on every transaction. But we are seeing lots and lots of reasons, and again, we won't get into it in this podcast, lots of reasons to believe that legally that's actually going to change so that if you are working with a buyer buyer's agents, you're going to have to actually, in essence, sell that buyer into why they should be paying you directly your buyer agent commission. You heard me correctly. Just as if you were going on a listing appointment, you've got to explain to the seller why you're worth whatever the listing commission is. You guys, those of you who are you know prolific listing agents, you know uh, what I'm talking about. That's a big part of the reason why a lot of you don't choose to be listing agents is because you really don't know how to explain to the seller why you are worth you know whatever your seller commission is. So that's going to be happening on the buyer agency side of the uh, equation as well. Now, there are obviously a lot of professional ways to going about approaching, explaining to a seller, or rather a buyer, why you're worth the commission. And that's what we're going to be covering a little bit on today's podcast. But here's real, the real takeaway. Fundamentally, you have to be uh, assuming that the way that you're working with buyers now is going to radically change in su- such that you're going to have to start getting exclusive buyer agency contracts signed. That is a step beyond your state agency form. That's just you know an agency form saying who represents who. This is something that's going to bind the buyer to work exclusively with you. And it's also going to set the bar a little bit higher for what you're going to be providing for that buyer. So keep these things in mind as we go through these points. Don't be intimidated by what I just said, because all of you, frankly, can easily get buyer exclusive buyer agency contracts signed as long as you have a system. And our system uh, that we show all of you how to use in Premier Coaching and how to get exclusive buyer agency contracts signed is very similar to our seven-step listing process. So take great notes. And remember, all of our notes, all of our outlines for all of our podcasts are always in the show notes. So do yourself a favor and just scroll down and you can um, then you know cut and paste or just read along right with us as we go through all of our points. But do please proceed in your mind knowing that there is a very high probability that starting within you know maybe 24 months or sooner, we're all in the real estate industry going to start having to Uh, essentially present to the buyer in a formal way why they should be obligating themselves to pay you a buyer agency commission. And no more will the seller essentially just be obligated, quote unquote. I know it's not really the case, but 
In essence, it's the buyer agent commission is no longer going to just be automatically paid by the seller. It's no longer going to be an entitlement of the transaction. Buyer agencies like listing agents are going to have to have genuine sales skills to explain to the buyer their value proposition. So just keep that in mind as Julie moves forward on point number one. Yes, that's right. So the solution is to have an actual buyer presentation, just as you would a listing presentation, which concludes with the seller signing a listing contract. Now, some of you have been awkward or intimidated by asking for a buyer signature on a buyer representation. That is simply because you did not do a buyer presentation. Well, that's, but that's a really incredible, that's a very valuable point. So if you guys had a, a buyer presentation, they gave you a very high level of confidence that when you were essentially flipping through the pages of the buyer presentation, the natural outcome of the presentation would be that buyer wanting to work exclusively with you. In other words, you explain to them the buyer that is, why it is that they wanted to work for you, why it is that you're worth paying something to, right? At the end of that, and the, the next natural step at the end of the presentation is going to be the signing of an exclusive buyer agency contract. Well, then obviously you'd all want to use the one. So that is really what your takeaway should be, along with the idea that you do have to formalize your approach when working with buyers. Those of you who've gotten into the habit, a lot of you new agents that are listing or being told that you're just supposed to be buying buyer leads, a lot of your, you know, the teams and the brokers, that's all they do. They just buy buyer leads. Well, those buyer leads are going to come to you not only with a fat referral fee, but you're also then going to have to get them to sign a exclusive buyer agency contract where they're going to then obligate themselves to pay your commission. And again, the commissions we'll talk about here in a second and how you can essentially roll that into the deal. But the, well, how we think you'll be able to roll it to the deal, who knows? But at this point, just keep in mind your game, your focus, your move forward plan should be to formalize your buyer agency approach. That's right. So your buyer presentation will specifically address several key challenges and of course, the most important one, what we were just talking about, getting the signature at the end. Remember, closing for a signature is the logical conclusion after a great presentation. So let's talk about what goes into that presentation. Point number one, you're going to talk about the actual process to correctly purchase a home. In what order will they need to execute those action steps? First-time buyers are especially in the dark about what to do and how to act, but other buyers from different markets or countries can also be confused. It is not their job to know what to do. It's your job to set expectations and to educate them. You've also noticed that folks who haven't bought for several years may have different expectations than what today's market requires. So start with the actual process. Actually educate your buyer prospects about what is supposed to happen and in what order. And I've got a couple of examples here, starting with... Well, but the most important thing here is Julie just said, you know, obviously you're going to be dealing with a lot of buyers that have bought before, your move-up types. In those particular cases, by the way, we've got a great podcast coming, I think it's in the next three or four days, where we're going to help you overcome the you know biggest, nastiest objection a lot of you guys yeah. are hearing now. I would buy or rather I would sell, but I have no place to move to. There's no homes for sale. We've got a great podcast coming up on that mm -hmm. topic in the next three or four days. But here's really what matters. A lot of the buyers that you're going to be working with who have purchased before, maybe again, they're sellers, their experience last time they transacted is going to be completely different. Because now they're going to be able to do inspections. Now they're going to be able to ask for seller concessions. They're going to under, they're going to um, be surprised in many cases how much more complex the transaction is in a market like this. There might be appraisal issues where there weren't any uh, appraisal issues before because the buyer was so willing to pay over asking. So just remember, this is part of the presentation that we include for you 
in Premier Coaching. So when you're in Premier Coaching and you can click the link in the show description below and you can join Premier Coaching for free, part of Premier Coaching is, I forget what level it is. What level is it? Six? For the buyer presentation? Yeah. It's five or six. Yeah. yeah. In the level five or six, that's where we give you the buyer presentation. That's where everything is essentially laid out. We want you to print out the buyer presentation. We want you to copy it exactly, obviously personalize it. And then when you meet with a buyer, always present the buyer presentation just as if you were presenting to a seller to get the listing. You guys conceptually understand what we're trying to steer you towards. Stop being so informal with your buyer relationships and start treating them with the same level of, I guess maybe the word would be respect or formality that we're teaching you to do on the listing side of things. Right, exactly. And where you should be moving your mind is that you wouldn't take a listing without an exclusive buyer agent, I'm sorry, an exclusive listing contract. Now I realize in different countries it doesn't work that way, but let's just assume you're in the United States because 98% of you are. You would not take a listing, a seller listing without an exclusive listing contract. That's where that listing is exclusively with you and your broker, correct? Well, that should be the same approach you take when working with buyers. And that's what we teach you in Premier Coaching. So just click the link below. You can join Premier Coaching for free. And yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call. So go ahead and click the link below. You'll see it. It's down in the show description two or three times. That's right. So on this podcast, we're walking you through a bit of what's in your presentation. And then as a Premier Coaching client, you'll have the actual drilled down specific presentation that is very turnkey, by the way. All you really would need to do is put maybe your logo on that, Maybe there's a couple of different things uh, locally that you would do differently, but it's, it's I would say, 95% turnkey. So the first part of that presentation, uh, this all goes to point number one, kind of mini points under that. What is the actual process? So for example, explaining to them, presenting to them that they must become pre-approved, ideally getting an actual loan commitment from a mortgage lender. You can supply your buyer with a standard list of documents required to apply for the mortgage if they haven't yet and the specific lender can add anything particular to them. Your buyer should also be aware of their own credit scores at this point in the process. Of course, if your buyer is all cash, they need to secure proof of funds letter from the entity where their cash is parked, bank accounts, investment accounts, et cetera. Now, caution, is that coming from the sale of something that hasn't sold yet? If they're weird about giving you a proof of funds letter, there could be a reason behind that. Also, I wanted to pause here for a second, Tim. What we're hearing from a lot of first-time buyers and people who haven't, you know, maybe done this before for a while, I've had this from coaching clients. Sometimes the buyers don't really take seriously that list of stuff the lender's asking for. They think it's kind of half optional. So you have to explain to them that this is what is required for the loan process. But it's it goes it's a step beyond that too. You don't want to be working with buyers in a market like this. Like the ratio, Julie and I are, you know, we think there's basically you need 20 uh, good buyer leads. And, and there is, we're going to get into this, but you need to learn how to essentially discern what a really good buyer is and really basically someone you shouldn't be working with. You're t- if you want to know how to avoid burnout, here's your answer. Don't work with buyers that are actually, you know, aren't meeting all your criteria. You need, need to have minimum standards of who you're going to work with. And rule number one is if they're not actually willing to meet with a lender and get all the stuff done for them to be a, a pre-approved, the only uh, real contingency or subject to would be, mm-hmm. you know, the appraisal of the house. That's it. If they're not willing to do that, that's not a serious buyer. Or even give you a proof of funds letter if they're all cash. Now you could be a little bit more lenient. That's right. If you're, you can be a little bit more lenient if it's a seller that's got a mountain of equity. Obviously, their situation is going to be different. But for the most part, it, again, this is a bad habit a lot of you have fallen into. You just work with anybody that could 
and Fogamir, who you know shows up with some online form that says they're pre-approved, and you know in the back of your mind that you probably are working with someone that's not going to actually buy anything, but because you don't have any buyer better leads, you end up working with the ones that never buy, and that's where you get your burnout. That was a bunch of bees in a row, wasn't it? Well, just to remind them. So here's just here's your yeah. suggestion. You're going to need, you know, it's a 20 to 1 ratio in a market like this. Why? Because you're going to deal with probably 15 people, buyers, that aren't going to be willing to actually go through the effort of being pre, uh, 100% pre-approved with maybe the only subject to being uh, the appraisal of the property. And if they're not willing to, and this is all in premier coaching, obviously, then that is them telling you that they're not serious enough to actually, you know, follow the rules. Now, here's the other side. If you're in a competitive uh, bidding situation, which you're often going to be, and the seller is looking for whatever offers best for them, and your offer is the one where the buyer's actually gotten completely pre-approved and it's, you know, everything's done correctly, and the other offers aren't like that, your offer is going to get accepted sometimes even if the price is less, the offering price is less. So you can explain to the buyer that they need to actually get the le- uh, the um, loan uh, basically pre-approved for reals, not just yeah. fake pre-approval, because it puts them in a better, uh, more competitive situation when it comes to bidding on a house. And best part is that's true. And secondarily, uh, the best part of that is you now know you're working with someone that's actually put in some effort. Don't put any effort into any buyers until they put in some effort into proving that they actually really are buyers and not just lookers. Yes, that's right. But also take into effect that they may not know the process. Thus, we come right back to your buyer presentation. You, again, are meeting with them in person to do your presentation. And again, in the process, you're also going to discuss their expectations. What are their must-haves and their would-be-nice-to-have items in their home? Help spouses or partners have a meeting of their minds. What can they reasonably get for their price range and geographic requirements? Create a strategy if they're buying and selling at the same time. Which should happen first? We have coaching and drill down on how to decide that and how to strategize. Next in your presentation, you're going to discuss what would be expected when they find the right home. Okay, Tim, you were talking about this a second ago. Can they handle appraisal gaps if your market is still calling for that or going over the list price? Flexibility with closing dates and possession. We are by and large still in a seller's market. It is not as raging hot as it was, but depending on the price range and the location, they may still have to do all of those things. Close an appraisal gap, go over list price, flexibility with closing dates, possession, give the seller what they want. If they're not prepared to do that, it might be time for them to wait or have a different strategy. Maybe they, in order to go over list, they have to actually lower their price, even if they're qualified for more. And actually, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking the... um there's a lot more to this than what we're showing, sharing with you, obviously, in this podcast. This podcast is only 30 minutes long. The, when you're actually going through the process in Premier Coaching and you're learning how to present to a buyer in a very formal way, formal and friendly, you know, and with the goal of them signing the buyer agency contract after you've shown them all the reasons why they want to work exclusively with you. Another one that we have, uh, there's, I was remembering the showing them a map and sort of like mm-hmm. pinpointing. I, I'm sure. just for this, to provide value on the podcast, I'm going to explain to them mm-hmm. the overview of this idea. This would be during the buyer presentation, for example. Right. This is, a again, you guys want, you will want to use buyer agency contracts when you're confident that your um, presentation is going to result in you having an exclusive buyer agency contract signed. I mean, let's be honest. If you had 10 um, exclusive buyer agency contracts signed and all of them are pre-approved, all of them have realistic expectations. I mean, these are really great buyers. Now, granted, buyers are always a want to buy. They're never a have to buy or a ha- rather a have to sell like a seller. 
But still, you know, you'd rather have 10 of those with exclusive buyer agency contracts signed than you would 30 where they're just kind of swinging in the wind and maybe they'll buy, maybe they won't. Um, and when someone's put in a lot of effort, especially on the lender side, chances are they're not going to be so susceptible to, you know, interest rates going up or interest rates going down or political movements or all the things that buyers normally take themselves out of the market for. But here's the concept. So when you're sitting down with a buyer and you're, you, you want to give them, you know, again, survey them, asking them to help you to understand what it is specifically they're looking for. You're gonna need, you need to lead with questions. Don't just let them fire hose you with all their dreams. <laughs> Cause by the way, there's no such thing as a perfect house. Um, so here's, for example, you're going to ask them questions like, where do you, um, well, obviously uh, the first step is to ask for pictures of where they currently live and pictures of the furniture that they have, because most people will always buy homes that look identical to where they currently live. Very rarely does someone go for some, you know, colonial two-story to a modern house that just doesn't happen because people are always thinking, well, I have to replace all my furniture. You know, for the most part, people are very practical. So keep that in mind. Um, that'll help you. That'll save a lot of time. Even if they don't realize they're going to buy probably a clone of what they're already living in, they are. All right. So then what you're going to want to do is you're going to take out a map of the geographic area in which they think they're looking. And then you ask them uh, to tell you where they're putting, I'm sorry, put a little star on uh, where they work, where they maybe worship, where they shop, where they, where they like to ride their bikes, where are the local parks they like to frequent, whatever. School options. Exactly. So put all these little dots on a map. And then, you, you know, you're going to have something that's going to be speckled up with like, you know, six or 10 little dots. You got to get all the information out of them. You can even label them if you want to. Um, but then what you're going to see is, and this is what's fascinating is people come to the realization, you know, that most people live and work within maybe realistically a 10 or 15 mile radius of this in, in, inside like a, not usually a circle, but you guys get the idea. Most people have it in their minds. They're not going to drive anymore. Now, LA people, obviously this is different oh, for you. Adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly, right. But most people aren't going to live and work within more than a half hour from the same place. Most people aren't going to go to a park that's more than a half hour. You know, there was a study done that I remember reading that says if you buy a vacation home that takes more than like five hours to drive to, the probability of you ever using it drops to like single digit percents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the same goes with like, for example, you, you guys get the concept here. So you're going to show them a map. Now, with inside that map, what's inside where all those dots are, there are going to be neighborhoods or communities in which they're that fall within that same radius. So you could just draw a circle around this splattering of dots, and then you can show them where the individual neighborhoods are that would be hypothetically a, a match based on how many bedrooms and baths and price ranges, okay? So you're then going to circle where those neighborhoods are, and you guys can kind of see you're going to have uh, circles within circles, right? And then within the oh, those circles, you're going to let them know this is the Oakhurst subdivision. This is, you know, Linworth. This is Apple Valley, whatever it is. And then, remember they said they're looking for up to 500,000, four bedroom, three and a half bath. Then you're going to have already done the homework and you're going to pull out for them what the, or you can just do it right in front of them, all the homes that are for sale in those individual areas that meet their particular criteria. Um, and then, you know, we're, that's how you're going to actually start your search. So why are you doing it that way? Because then you've helped them to focus their minds in on what they're actually looking for. You've helped them to sort of, you know, in if, especially if it's a couple, they're going to sometimes not have matching criteria. Well, that's going to help them get on the same page. And then they're going to start focusing on, on this neighborhood, that neighborhood. Then they're going to realize there's only two homes for sale in Oakhurst and there's three homes for sale in Apple Valley. You guys get it? 
Why would you want to go through that amount of work? Because they're going to see you're a professional. They're going to want to work exclusively with you because you haven't just met them at Starbucks to show them a couple houses. You guys get the point? Yeah. This is what a professional agent does who's going to be working with buyers, especially in a market like this. It's all part of your professional buyer consultation, i.e. your buyer presentation. You're giving them a lot of consultation. You're listening to their needs. This is all leading to a more logical close, right? So regarding the process, we're going to finish that part, and then we're going to go on to more of what the presentation explains for what to expect. Okay, so if you are not doing what we just described before you start showing them properties, don't be surprised when you find out later that they are any of these things. I'll go through these quickly. Not really qualified, not really cash, looking in the wrong price range, wrong area, et cetera. If you didn't do the map thing that Tim just uh, described, you could be missing them. Also working with another agent or agents. You're just the showing agent. They plan to actually write it with their friend, relative, previous agent. That happens without a presentation. Going out on the weekend to look at open houses and new construction by themselves. Considering the for sale by owner in their favorite neighborhood, any of those things can happen. You guys like to roam around saying buyers are liars, but buyers aren't liars. They just don't know what's expected of them until you properly educate them. It's not fair to just magically expect them to act like perfect buyers for you. And that brings us to the next point, the next part of the presentation. But to this, just you're circling back to really the real, I think, what should be the takeaway. If they're not willing to sign an exclusive buyer agency agreement with you, then they're probably not serious about buying a house, period. That's really That's the true. bottom line. Or working with somebody else, whatever the reason is, right? Okay, so part two of the presentation explains what to expect from you and what you're going to expect from them. This way, they'll know what's appropriate behavior while they're looking. For example, you expect them to be loyal to you because you're spending time and energy finding them a home that meets their criteria, and you'll negotiate on their behalf to win. This is a good time to present to them the several different ways you search that are not just in your MLS, Realtor.com, or Zillow. And we've done podcasts on how to find inventory if you get stuck there. Like three in the last 30 days. So make sure you listen yeah. to those past podcasts. Virtually podcast. at least every quarter in three in the <laughs> exactly. past 30 days. So there's no excuse on that, right? And it does give you value because they can go to Realtor.com. Where else are you searching? Well, I mean, honestly, Julie, that's the big part of the buyer presentation is you have yeah. to show them what you're going to be doing beyond just turning on the computer and looking, you know, whatever today's hot list is. Yes. One of our previous podcasts, we made the point, don't let your buyers be more proactive than you are. Which is really shockingly, yeah. you know, common. It is, especially in an inventory tight market. So they, they can expect from you to be loyal to them and find what they want. You coach them to always say that they're working with you. Give them 10 of your business cards, whether they're looking at new construction for sale by owners, open house sellers, other listing uh, with other listing agents, or even a pocket listing or their neighbor who's going to sell. They are working with you. You've got to instill that in them. Right. And so many of these buyers, once they sign an buy, exclusive buyer agency contract with you, you know, you give them a stack of your business cards. They're going to love using those to fend off, you know, people that are trying to obviously sell them something. You you walk up to, uh, you know, they walk up to another agent, maybe an open house. They say, hey, I'm working with Tim and Julie. Here's their card. You know, that kind of thing. And, and this is something we've been coaching agents to do for decades, frankly. And what you'll be surprised at is when your buyers are out looking and on a Sunday, and let's say you're not working with them on that particular day, and you get a call from the agent who had the house listed that they just walked through. And that listing agent who is holding that house open and your exclusive buyers has just walked through is now telling you that your buyers actually were pretty interested in buying the house. And, you know, you're, you're about to sell a house. That's right. 
So the next couple of things are just part of the presentation. You're going to coach them not to apply for any new lines of credit until they've closed. That can wreck uh, an underwriting situation. That includes boats, cars, and anything else that requires a credit check. If they're buying and selling with you, make sure that you do a seller's net sheet and you've captured all payoffs required. For example, HELOCs, that's a home equity line of credit, or other liens. Some sellers actually believe that the HELOC is not attached to the house, but it is. Remember the H in HELOC, home equity line of credit. The have a title agent or your broker help you with net sheets if you're not comfortable doing these numbers yet. And then review what the next steps are with your buyer. It's, is it time to finish their pre-approval or are they ready to go buy something? Set your next appointment before this buyer presentation appointment is over, or maybe you even do it the same day, so that you don't have to chase the client down in voicemail, texts, and email. At this point, you should have a signature because you have given, remember the law of reciprocity, if you expect a signature, you do a great presentation, you ask for the signature at the end, and when you do it this way, it's really not an issue. Now it's in, easy peasy. In the buyer presentation, there is a section about um, commission. This is the buyer presentation we give you as part of Premier Coaching. So as of now, the commission is obviously being paid for by the seller prime. You know, that's how it works in most uh, uh, MLSs across the country, like all of them pretty much. In the future, when it's not covered that way, uh, the way you're going to essentially have the commission be paid is technically the buyer is going to be obligated to pay the commission. But we do believe, and all this stuff is getting ironed out, we do believe that the commission itself is going to be something that's financeable in the contract as part of the deal. So maybe now it's obligated uh, by, you know, you seller lists the house, the seller's, you know, going to be uh, inclined to want to pay a buyer's agent's commission. They're certainly not required to. There's no law that says they have to. It's an option. If they choose not to, they don't have to. But for the most part, they do. Well, in the future, the theory is that uh, the seller, in, or rather the seller is only going to be obligated to pay the listing side of the commission. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to ask the seller to pay the buyer agent portion of the commission as well. And we think worst case scenario, if all these different, you know, there's different litigation things going on, about this very topic. We do believe that at the end of the day, even if it becomes no longer legal, let's say, air quote, for a seller, for a listing agent to say you have to pay a buyer agent's commission, which that doesn't happen now, but these are the, you know, this is the, the gist of these lawsuits. Um, we think that worst case scenario, what you're going to see is essentially that the listing agent is going to explain to the seller that you're only obligated to pay the listing commission, but don't be surprised if the buyer agency contract comes in where the buyer agency is asking you to finance the, or essentially pay for the buyer agent portion of the commission, much like it is with a home warranty or any other closing costs. So it'll just basically be a disclosure issue, but you're going to have to explain to the buyer, whereas many of you right now choose to work with buyers because frankly, there's no sales resistance. You don't need a lot of sales skills to work with buyers. Working with buyers is physical labor and really mostly social. And working with sellers is a lot of mental labor. It's a lot of skills. Both sides of the equation are going to migrate towards being more skills-based. So get ahead of the curve and learn all this stuff now. Don't, you know, don't wrestle in your mind with what we're saying. It's something you can easily master and don't be intimidated by it. Well, all you have to do to find out is go to some of the Facebook Live private coaching sessions, semi-private coaching sessions uh, weekly with our coaches because... We've had so many instances where coaching clients have said, I did have the buyer pay my commission or a portion of the commission already in today's market, regardless of all of the different litigation, this is already happening. And I do think some of that is symptomatic of the tight inventory where sellers have more opportunity to say, hey, I'm only going to pay the listing side. Well, when you and I had our team and we had 
like up to 10 buyer's agents at once. Mm -hmm. We, this is where we refined all the system, but the gist of it was, is the output needed to be after that buyer consultation, you had an exclusive buyer agency contract signed an agency contract signed, but also a sample buyer net sheet. And we're not talking about that on the podcast today, but really the big takeaway was that is what the point of meeting with the buyer was. It wasn't just to buy him a cup of coffee and talk about golden retrievers like it is now. Right. Right. So you're going to have to accept the fact that all aspects of the industry, now, how does this benefit you? Again, you're going to have more qualified buyers. You're going to root out the looky-loos. People aren't serious, aren't going to want to sit down and, you know, hear a presentation. That's good for you. You're going to get your time back. Where it's bad for you is you're going to have to start learning how to generate more leads. You're going to have to accept the fact that if you want to, you know, if you don't want to tolerate, you have to, what is it? Generate, you generate, you don't have to tolerate. That's right. When you generate more leads, you don't have to tolerate the looky-loos. That, that is the reason, frankly, that again, there's such a high burnout rate, especially in the buyer agency side of the business is because you guys spend so much time working with people that never actually are going to buy a house. Well, this will force you to actually stop wasting your time. Which can sometimes be painful. Some of you think that you have 15 quote active buyers who are supposedly attached to you. When you do what we have presented today, and we're only doing the overview, when you get serious about your buyer presentation, you probably will find out that of those 15 that you're calling buyer leads, honestly, it could be five to seven that are for real. I was just thinking as you were saying that. So I'm gonna ask you guys to take this little mental test. So let's say you do have 15 buyers, however many buyers you think you have. I want you to ask yourself right now, if you were to now go to every one of those buyers and say that you're not going to work with them anymore, maybe you're just going to choose, you don't have to be, you know, I'm not telling you to be dramatic, but you're just going to stop spending time on them uh, unless they actually get uh, completely approved, unless they actually sign an agency form and a buyer agency form, right? Unless they actually sign a buyer net sheet, unless they actually follow some rules and you apply some more professional standards to who you're going to work with. How many of those, you know, 15 buyers would still be on your list? How many of them would you know would just basically, you know, go away. And if you're shuddering at the idea of uh, actually holding your buyers to a higher standard, it's because maybe intuitively, you know, a lot of your buyers aren't actually buyers. So why are you spending time with them? Why are you giving them any of your bandwidth? And the reason is, and this is maybe something for you to consider, is that um, you know that you don't have enough other leads. And you know that in order for you to uh, generate more leads, it's going to take a lot more effort. And it's a lot easier for you to hope and pray that the buyers, air quote, that you have now are going to actually buy something. And those of you who are building these huge CRMs, you're making uh, even a worse mistake. CRMs are great, but we know every single research study that's been done for the last, you know, three or four decades has shown that long-term lead follow-up is almost always an enormous waste of time. Why? For all bunch of reasons, but the biggest one is you're not the only agent that's following up with that buyer. You, that buyer is in you know 15 other long-term lead follow-up campaigns from 15 other agents. So they don't have an exclusive relationship with anybody. That's the reason your goal should be go from initial contact to formal presentation to buyer agency contract. Then you have a real buyer. Then you actually have something. Then you've actually followed a professional approach. The ones, the buyers that are not serious about buying won't appreciate your professional approach because again, they're just looky-loos. Don't be surprised. New agents, remember I told you this. You will be shocked over time when you realize how many people just like to screw around on the weekends, go to open houses and look at houses. Well, and also in a really tight inventory market, as you were probably going to be in for quite some time, considering that we are down by about a million listings and you guys are having to search high and low. You're killing yourselves trying to find not just inventory, but the right house for them. 
you better be real serious when you bring that to them that they're actually going to pull the trigger. So the other thing, yes, you're right. Maybe they're not that serious. They're looky-loos. The other thing that some buyers are doing in resistance to signing an agency is they think they're going to go to the listing agent and do some kind of you know deal with them, and they're just using you for showings. You're not going to know unless you vet them out with an actual presentation asking for an actual signature. I hear this voice in the back of my head as we we're doing today's podcast. I don't want to ask buyers to sign an exclusive buyer uh, agency contract. We don't do it that way in my market, my office, my whatever. Okay, then don't do it. Yeah. That's Throw it. Throw caution to the wind. We're not going to talk you into it. Okay. You just don't do it. Do business the way you want to do business. We've already given you hopefully all the information that would uh, encourage you to formalize your approach. But if you don't want to formalize your approach, if you like to keep things social and light, then that's, fine. that's your that's prerogative. Your but understand the nature of the business and the industry is going to radically change. And I'd much rather you learn how to do it prior before you actually positively have to do it. Because then you're going to have time to learn how to do it. Right now, you can walk your way into formal presentations, walk your way into getting buyer agency contracts signed. The whole process, right now, the time frame is you do have some time to learn how to do this. I'd much rather you take action on this now and learn how to do this than all of a sudden tomorrow, no, you know, all the things have changed about buyer's agency and you are no longer obligated, the seller is no longer going to just automatically pay your commission. In other words, in the MLS, there is no longer buyer agent co-op commission that you know the box is checked and the amount is there for you to see. In the future, like maybe it's tomorrow, you're going to have to now sell to the buyer why they should pay you anything. And if you're not ready to do that and the market in the law were to you know radically change that quickly, you're going to be caught on your heels. And if you're buy- if selling homes to buyers is your primary source of business, you might be frankly struggling and on your way out of the business. So learn these skills now. You know, what is it? The old Boy Scout thing? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Well, that's right. And if you are still saying to yourself, it's impossible to get that signature, it's there's only one reason. And that's because you haven't been to Premier Coaching because every one of our Harris certified coaches gets that buyer signature. And many of our Premier Coaching clients are already doing this. I can tell you my elite coaching clients do it virtually every time or they simply will not take that buyer out. Okay, so the, the point number three before we conclude here is just a coaching point. Communicate consistently and by voice with your buyers. Buyers are nervous about everything all the time, and if they're not hearing from you, you're making it worse. They don't know if you've been looking for properties all day long, especially outside of your MLS, or if you're visiting new construction on their behalf or seeing that for sale by owner, if that's maybe a match for them. If you're not telling them, buyers will ghost you. They'll work with somebody else, especially if you didn't do the presentation, get a signature, or they will simply give up if they don't feel like you're doing your job for them especially the most serious buyers, if you haven't delivered for them in the first month or less, the ones that actually are pre-approved, the ones that are great buyers, if you're not doing that and if you're not communicating, they don't assume that you're out there looking for them. They're just going to go take caution into their own hands. The, the big ahead. takeaway should be the most serious buyers, the ones that actually want to transact, they're not going to give you resistance uh, once you've given them a formal presentation why they should work with you. They're actually going to respect the fact that you took the time to explain the process. Yes. A lot of them are going to roll their eyes and act like they already know it all, but they don't know it all. They're going to be learning things in your presentation, but they're at least going to appreciate the fact that you're trying to educate them. They're going to want to sign the buyer agency contract because they want to sign a house or buy a house. And now you've proven that you are a professional. And let's say maybe they have had some bad experiences with other agents trying to find homes. Now they're working with someone's professional. How do I know they actually had a presentation? They actually asked me to sign a agency in a, in a buyer agency contract 
you know, versus all the other agents that frankly, obviously weren't that professional because they didn't respect their time. You know, the agent didn't have a presentation. The agent didn't ask me to obligate myself to them. Then obviously that person didn't value their time and maybe they didn't value their time because maybe they just weren't that professional in the first place. Does that make sense, guys? This is how it actually works in the minds of consumers. That's how you think too, right? So take this seriously. And oddly enough, not only will you have more qualified buyers that are working exclusively with you, but you're actually going to raise your uh, reputation in the community with the listing agents because the listing agents are going to quickly learn that you only work with rockstar, uh, rockstar buyers. You, this is how conceptually it works. Now here, think about this. What if one of these buyers that you're working with actually has a house to sell because you've taken them through a formal process and you now, uh, you know, are getting them to work with you exclusively on the buyer agency side, you've actually put in the extra effort and you've been a professional, there's pretty much zero chance those people aren't going to list their home with you because you've obviously raised your bar in terms of uh, you know your professional status in their minds. You guys get it? There's no downside. The only reason you wouldn't do this is because you don't think you have to, and maybe right now legally, technically you don't, but the other reason is, is because you just don't have the skill set. And that's easy enough to get during Premier Coaching. The links are in the show description below. Hey, guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. Hopefully you have noticed that we're really drilling down and making our content as practical and tactical as possible. We know a lot of you are getting in the industry. We know a lot of you are having your best years ever. Uh, so this information is perfect for you. It's helping you raise the bar. But also some of you are struggling. And you're struggling, why? Because you're trying to make work in the past market what, uh, you know, frankly, will never work in this market. So this is your opportunity to hit hard reset and really take your business and your personal life to the next level. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.